0: We're continuing this morning to talk about uh, how important it is for us to, to rise above our fears and our worries and with an attitude of faith face the challenges of this new year. How many of you know that this is more than positive thinking? You know, positive thinking is at best faith in faith. I don't have much faith in my faith, but I have Total faith in God Almighty, who gives me the faith to believe. And the more I trust in Him, the more I'm able to overcome my worries and my fears and my anxieties. You know, there's lots of trouble. I I heard from a pastor this week in our city, a fellow congregation. He said they were struggling with a, a lady who had been coming to some meetings, and they found out that she had a history of violence And that, yes, she had a gun, and that she was threatening to kill everyone in the congregation. And uh, they realized they needed to to deal with this. And so he got together the few that were forming as a security team. They didn't even have a security team yet, like we have here, which we're grateful for, aren't we? Anyway, they got to church, and the police were already there. They had gotten a tip. They found the woman. She had the gun, they took her into custody. And I thought, right here in Albuquerque, yes. And it could happen in any church. And so we're grateful. And we need to trust God for our safety and security. And I thank God for Bill Colbertson, the security team, which is working so diligently. Uh, the council is meeting this afternoon again. Pray for them and uh, we're looking at more measures to increase our safety and security. I think that incident in Texas where that church had that intruder and in 6 seconds the armed security guard took out that intr- took out evil. And I think aren't you grateful that uh, they didn't have to wait for the police to get there? I'm grateful for the police, but it probably would have taken 14 minutes. How much, how much damage, mayhem could have been done? Anyway, I think you know that I uh, appreciate our security team, and uh, we want to give them the resources that are needed. But above all that, we need to pray and be diligent ourselves. And by the way, an important point that Bill made last week: when that incident started to happen, the people got down low, got into the pews, and it was the security guard could see the intruder and take that shot because no one was in the way. If people were confused and running around, it would have been more difficult. And so that's our procedure here, right? Something starts to happen, we get down. And what do you do when you get down? Pray (laughs) and uh, trust that God will help us to know what to do. Well, here we are. Facing the new year, the challenges in the new year, the opportunities are as great as ever. How many of you know God has good things for you in this coming year? He truly does. and It's important that we keep our mind upon God and the good things that he has for us and not focus on the bad things. We talked about worry last week as having too much faith in what could go wrong. That's worry. Faith is trusting God according to His promise. And uh, what uh, a different uh, attitude we have when we put our trust in Him. I was talking last week about what people worry about. And someone mentioned that I had only given four of the five of the big worries, and I thought, well, I better go back and correct that. And so let's go back and correct from last week. What's the number one thing people worry about? Money. Money, even more than their health. And uh, isn't it wonderful that we have a promise? Our God shall supply our need according to his riches and his glory. Amen. Amen. I'm not worried about money. How about you? I know God's greater than money. Second, and this is the one that I jumped over, health. We worry about our health. What could go wrong? Could I get sick? How many of you have spent more time than you should looking on the Internet regarding symptoms and possible conditions? And, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen to me? Listen, uh, take more time in God's Word than on the Internet when you start to worry about a physical condition. And we all are tempted to do that, to jump onto <coughs> the Internet. And uh, guess what? People are coming up with uh, symptoms. And uh, doctors are having to deal with, uh, you know what they call it, internet And that's a good word for it, isn't it? And we need to stop... For that And how many of you know that Jesus is our great physician? Listen, Michael has so inspired me with his faith, his overcoming faith in his challenges and struggles. And, uh, you know, some people would stay home and feel sorry for themselves. He wants to be here. He wants to worship the Lord. He wants to serve the Lord. He wants to encourage us. And I believe that God... <coughs> God's favor is upon you, brother, and we stand with you in your challenge, but we need to trust God for our health. I was—I uh, had an episode yesterday that upset me. I had was getting over my cold and my sinus congestion, and then I started coming down with this migraine headache that I... I'll have like two or three of those in a year, and I have the ocular kind. You know what that is? You lose your vision, and I said, oh, Lord... <clears throat> Help me not to have one of those when I'm driving or when I'm preaching. And sometimes uh, I can feel them when they get started. Sometimes they come two or three. I don't understand it, but I trust the Lord. I've I've had those since I was a child. And how is it they come at inconvenient times? Well, I'm not worrying about my health. I want to do the best I can to take care of myself physically, but I know that God is God is able to keep my health according to his purpose. Third thing, the family we worry about. Our family and our loved ones. How can we not worry about our loved ones, especially our kids and our grandkids? And I I quoted my mother who used to say, I worry about my kids because I'm a mother and it's my privilege. That's how we feel, isn't it? But it's better to trust than to worry. And guess what? We cannot control even what happens to our children, though we love them so much. And so it's more, much better to trust God. And that's why that promise uh, is so important. In uh, Acts sixteen thirty one. believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household, your family. And so we stand in intercession for them. The fourth thing that people worry about, remember what it was? Rejection. Will I be loved? Will I be appreciated? Will I be left all alone someday? And how it's so important for us to rise above the temptation of yielding to Peer pressure, being overly concerned about what people think of us. You know what the key is here? I don't want to be a self-pleaser. I don't want to be a people-pleaser. I want to be a father-pleaser. You see the difference? I'm not living to please people or even myself. If I please my heavenly father, then everything's okay. doesn't matter. How many of you know that you can do things in obedience to God that people won't understand or appreciate, may even criticize you for? Didn't Jesus live that way? He just lived to please his Father. And finally, the fifth thing that people worry about is their eternal fate. Salvation. What happens after death? And guess what? We should all worry about this until we get that issue resolved through Jesus Christ, who was sent to to rescue us and to save us. We're trusting the Lord for our salvation. We truly know that God sent His Son, His only begotten Son, that we might be saved that we might have eternal life. And so, guess what? Here we are, just a small group of Christians gathering in church today. And guess what? We have, we have victory over the five greatest worries in America. Isn't that true? In the world. <laughs> Six. <laughs> and so, we trust, we believe, we know, God's faithfulness. And uh, I want us to go back to the book of Numbers and see something happening here in a very challenging time in the history of God's people. Numbers chapter 13. Oh, my goodness. Here they are, the children of Israel, rescued from Egypt, having wandered in the promised land. And it's time for them to enter into something new, something that God had prepared for them, something that was promised, something that they had to believe in. And so God tells Moses here in chapter 13, The Lord said, Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I have given to the Israelites, From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. And so God said, Moses, it's time to go out and scout the the land. Now, we traditionally have called these men that were sent spies, right? I prefer to call them scouts, spies. You know, there was nothing about them that indicated they were doing something that they shouldn't do or trespassing Uh, in a place that they shouldn't be or had to be secretive about what they were doing. They went out to scout the land. And yes, there were dangers, and they had to be careful about those dangers. But as they went, they were on a very important mission for God. And here they are. They're all uh, listed. And there are two that turn out to be particularly important, and you know who they are. They are Caleb, and uh, I was delighted to to study this week that Caleb's name simply means faithful and wholehearted, (laughs) and I think, you know what? What a way to start the new year, a new challenge, to consider the future, just to be faithful. You know, the scripture says that the servant of the Lord must first be, what, talented. No? No? Must be faithful. How many of you know that faithfulness is more important than God? Than talent. Than intelligence. Than skill. To be faithful. And so Caleb. Was faithful. He trusted. In the Lord. And his promises. And as he trusted. God used him in a very important way. The other significant. Scout was, of course, Joshua. Joshua. Joshua's name also had special meaning. In fact, it means God is salvation. Jehovah saves. And so here, faithfulness, trusting in the salvation of God. This team had leaders that were prepared to do very well important work. Now, they all went into the same land, but they came back with very different reports. How many of you know that uh, we think we may be seeing things as they seem to be, but it's important for us to take responsibility for our own perception of those things See, they all saw the same things, but most of them came back with an unbalanced perception because as they had gone into the land and uh, they saw the dangers there, fortified cities and some giants that would be so difficult to overcome. By the way, remember, uh, David knew what to do about that, didn't he, when he took Goliath God had made provision for even them to to be able to overcome the giants in the land but they were fearful and so in verse 26 we see that they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land They brought back samples of the abundant fruit which was in the promised land. And they gave Moses this account that they went into the land and it indeed flowed with milk and honey. And they showed the example of the fruit that they had brought back. Verse 28, it says, but, that's an important word, isn't it? Yeah, it's the promised land. It's filled with milk and honey. It's all that God said it would be. But, verse 28, the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Enoch there. That's the giants. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan but we've got trouble there's too much to overcome we weren't prepared for that that's overwhelming now isn't it interesting would god have made the promise and sent them there if god had not already promised to make provision for their success so what are they do- they're doing they're fall follow- they're they're falling back in unbelief but Caleb speaks right up in verse 30 Caleb silenced the people before Moses silenced them and said we should go up and take possession of the land underline this for we can certainly do it (laughs) what's that that's the voice of faith faithfulness They both saw the same enemies, the same dangers, the same giants. But only Caleb and Joshua said, we can overcome them. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored they said, the land we explored devours those living it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw the Nephilim and the descendants of Anak from Nephilim. We seemed like, get this, underline, grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Here they are, children of God's promise, And now they see themselves as grasshoppers. What happened? They changed their perception. They changed their focus from God's promise to the problems. They fell back in unbelief when God was calling them to stand strong. It got worse as this bad report spread throughout the people. Now, one, listen, what started out was a, with a different perception and an unbalanced report became a bad report and greatly disturbed the people. And so they became afraid, and they raised their voices, the Israelites and wept aloud, and they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And it so, got so bad, they said, wouldn't it just be better for us to go back to Egypt? Let's go ahead and choose another leader <laughs> and go back to Egypt. Aren't you disappointed with God's people and what happened and what they did? We should be disappointed because that faith, which was replaced by doubt, became worry and fear and anxiety that totally paralyzed them from being able to be obedient to God. Isn't it something that Caleb and Joshua knew better, held firm in their faith? Now, it's interesting that these particular men were chosen and ten of them did not believe. Don't you know that God knew what was going to happen when those scouts were sent? And don't you know that God wanted to deal with the unbelief in the hearts of his children, all of their hearts, not just those that went in to scout out the land? Isn't it something how their report had a way of bringing out what was in the hearts of the people in terms of their unbelief? Now, you know what happened, don't you? God dealt with those hearts for another 40 years, and they all died in the wilderness. And only Caleb and Joshua lived long enough and were strong enough to enter into the land when the time finally came. What could have happened quickly took another four. How many of you know that sometimes God has to deal with us for a while before we can obey and enter into the fullness of His promise? Amen. I'm going to continue this uh, next week and I want us to get into the promises of the New Testament regarding <clears throat> how how abundant is God's provision for our faith in facing our trials. But let me read just a few verses. And if you'd like to jot these down, these are seven of my very favorite verses for overcoming worry and anxiety. You want these promises? Let me tell you, I have to say, this is good mental health. (laughs) If you get a hold of these promises and you take your stand, you're going to be a lot healthier (laughs) mentally and emotionally as we take our stand. First one, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Give that kind word. Listen to that kind word. Cheer up the person who begins to fear. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord. He heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Is that our testimony? It's our testimony, isn't it? Absolutely. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. This is going to be our focus next week. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now that says a lot, doesn't it? That's going to be our focus next week. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Hear this. Cast all your anxiety, your cares upon him, because he cares for you. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Do you ever talk to your soul? I hope that you do. Soul, (laughs) listen to God. Stop. Stop entertaining all those doubts and fears. Listen to God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And also in that same chapter, I can do everything through him, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, doesn't this look like the the kind of attitude we all need to have and maintain? I don't know what's going to happen this week to any of us, what we're going to have to face, the challenges, difficulties. How many of you know that as surely as there are good things up ahead, there are challenges? There are troubles. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But we fix our hearts steadfast in the Lord, and we know that he will keep us, and that he will see us through. So I want to continue this theme next week. And I want us to talk practically about what does it mean to really take him at his word. And in prayer, specifically, uh, uh, apply his promises and overcome our fears. Lord, thank you that you gave us. All of the truth, all of the wisdom that we need, oh God, to face the trials in this world. Lord, we want to be like Caleb and Joshua as we face the future. We want to be faithful. We want to know that you are the God of our salvation. And Lord, help us not to have an unbalanced perception that leads to a bad report. That leads to confusion, unbelief, even rebellion. Lord, we trust in you. Help us to be encouraged. Help us to see your promise, and help us to know that you truly are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Please stand with me. We're going to have a song. And uh, I'm going to make an invitation. We're going to have a closing prayer. Those of you that like to come up and take time to pray, what a good opportunity it is to do that. But just let God examine your heart. Are Are you worried or troubled about anything today? I'm sure that there are worries and troubles here. Just take that to the Lord. Say, Lord, where I'm afraid, Lord, help me to believe. Where I'm worried. Help me to trust. Lord, where I'm confused and frustrated, help me to lean into you. Amen.